Seinfeld, the conversion is over, but we are just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now here are the two guys who are becoming certified in Latvian Orthodox. I'm Rob Sussman, here's Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Apparently Latvian Orthodox is real. Did you know this? Yeah, they, the, the writer of the episode, Bruce Kirschbaum, claims that he made it up and then realized afterwards it was real, which I guess is possible like in a pre-Google world. But also I don't believe it. When I was a, a camp counselor once, like I had a really young kid say the F word to me. And I'm like, where do you know that word? And he's like, oh, I just like made it up. I'm like, no, you didn't make up the F word. You heard it somewhere. So it's a, I think it's the same story here. So basically like anybody that gets in, accused of like copyright infringement, they just say like, no, oh, I totally made this. I didn't even know that was a real song before. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that holds up in court, but uh, like he probably subconsciously heard it, and uh, it's too random to make up because like Latvian Orthodox is, you know, if you said like the Latvian Church, fine, but Latvian Orthodox is just like such a specific phrase. There's no way he made it up. Okay, so we're gonna talk about this episode where George is going to go into converting his religion for the love of a woman. Kramer is dealing with the Kavorka. Jerry is dating a woman who has a tube of fungicide. And Elaine is dating a doctor or podiatrist. And uh, there is some uh, fallout from whether or not he's an actual doctor. I feel like podiatrists would be much more offended uh, about this episode than Latvian Orthodox people would be. Well, according to the writer, according to uh, Bruce Kirschbaum in The Inside Look, he said that the Latvian Orthodox people loved this episode. They were very happy with it. Yeah, what about the podiatry lobby, though? Not sure. Probably not happy about all that. Anyway, so we got a lot to talk about here today on the Seinfeld Podcast. Akiva, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. Wow. Yeah. It's fantastic. All right, well, I'm very excited to be back talking Seinfeld with you. This episode, of course, aired, well, I don't know, probably not, of course, but this episode aired from December 16th, 1993. Is this the last episode we're going to get before the hiatus or we have a Christmas episode coming up next week? No, no, no. This is, this is the closest to Christmas we get. This is, the next episode is uh, 1994. Okay, so this is the 1993 finale of Seinfeld. That's huge. Yeah, and it's not a real holiday episode, but uh, they, didn't, they only did holiday episodes a couple times. Yeah. No, it's interesting the years that they decide to do a holiday episode and the years that they don't, but this is uh, not a holiday episode, even though it is, uh, has some religious themes to it, but no mention of uh, any sort of holidays. No, I mean, do a lot of you Orthodox people celebrate Christmas? I really no, don't know anything. We never found out. It. <laughs> it's one of the big plot holes in this episode. Okay. okay. Any Seinfeld news before we jump into talking about this? Uh, yeah, we got a few things going on. Um, we discussed last week on the podcast about how much Larry David sounds like Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. And uh, we weren't the only people who thought that. So did uh, Lauren Michaels in SNL. And uh, Larry did the Bernie Sanders impression this week on SNL. What do you think? Yes, I thought it was fantastic. I really love that. We talked about this on the post show recap uh, SNL podcast. And we I mentioned that conversation that we had and. Boy, I am all in on Bernie Sanders if Larry David will continue appearing as him on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, that's true. Like, would we vote for someone just because it means that LD would keep coming back? I mean, I don't know. Like, he's got to fly out. I I don't think he lives in New York, so I can't imagine him being there frequently. But what I would say is that in a year where there is no presidential candidate, which has captured my heart or mind, I could very easily be swayed to get behind bernie sanders if he's anything like larry david 
Yeah, I don't think he's anything like Larry David. <laughs> like I, you could vote for Larry David as Bernie Sanders, but I don't know if I don't know. If, I'm not saying don't vote for Bernie Sanders, but I don't think he vote for him because he's like LD. Anything that ends up with more Larry David in my life that I'm very excited about. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it was cool to see Larry who like failed so miserably on Saturday Night Live, like coming back and getting like a 45 second ovation on the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, it's got to feel nice. I'm sure he doesn't care, but it probably like for a normal person, it would be meaningful. <laughs> All right. So that was very fun. Did you enjoy that segment? Yeah, it was a good segment. It was good. a good segment. Good opening sketch. I thought that was SNL at its best when they get into like doing these uh, political debates. And I feel like when they get a bunch of people involved and uh, the stuff with Hillary is really good. So anyway, let's let's not get too far down the rabbit hole, but very excited to see Larry David. And that's just the kind of thing like you would never see Jerry do that. Maybe in his old age, you will see it, but not right now. Jerry's not in the like joking around type of stage like that. Yeah, he would never like play a character um like like this and i guess we'd probably say that larry david would probably never do that like jerry will do stuff like uh like i feel like he went on jimmy fallon and did like the who's on first bit but i kind of feel like to talk about like something like pop culture and maybe i'm wrong maybe somebody has a youtube clip i feel like that uh he would not do something like this yeah i mean jerry would host snl and he'd play along if he had something to promote and he wanted to go on Mm -hmm. um but yeah he's certainly less goofy than larry but larry's old and larry really doesn't care at all about uh <laughs> okay and speaking of jerry yes uh another news story this week is uh jerry seinfeld uh was top the forbes list of world's highest paid comedians oh guess how much money he pulled in between uh june of 14 and june of 15 200 million dollars nah 36 million okay <laughs> i don't think that includes like so the seinfeld money i don't know how forbes counts anything yeah. okay i have very little understanding of finances also is that true it's pretty true <laughs> well 36 million is a lot of money yeah. It's not it's not bad. Like I, I barely understand my own finances. I can't even imagine on that level. Yeah, I don't I don't know how many podcasters are put are pulling in 36 mil. Do you want to guess some of the other comedians in the top 10 list? Can you come up with two or three of them? Louis C.K.? Uh, yeah, he's at the bottom. OK, better than Louis C.K. Uh, I know it's not Bill Cosby. No, no. <laughs> uh, let me try to think of another. Uh, what about Kevin Hart? Yeah, Kevin Hart's number two. You're in twenty eight and a half million dollars. Wow. That's pretty good. That includes movies. See, it's if you're a comedian, but you do a movie, they give you the movie money yeah. on this list. So the list is kind of bogus. Yeah. Is Schumer on the list? Uh, Amy, Amy Schumer did not make the list. Probably this coming year she would make, but uh, she didn't. And one guy I've never heard of, John Bishop, is on this list. Yeah. I don't know what kind of comedian he is, but. Okay. Any other standouts? Yeah. Uh, Dave Chappelle's on there. I didn't know he does so many sets, but yeah. uh, Gabriel Iglesias, I guess Julio's little brother. Uh, Aziz Ansari, yeah, Russell Peters, yes, Jeff Dunham, yes. Terry Fader, yeah. Well, oh, two two puppet guys, yeah, puppets. Rob, we should stop podcasting and start puppeting. Well, actually, a lot of people don't know this. This podcast is actually done by puppets, so it'll oh, probably skyrocket in popularity. This is actually um, Akiva and I voice the puppets, but the puppets are actually talking into the microphones. It's weird because nobody can see us, so there's no reason to do the puppets talking into the microphone. But I feel like, uh, you know, it's, it's been worth it. I don't know. You know, we had to take puppet lessons for years before doing this. Years, for years. <laughs> and it's amazing because Akiva doesn't even move his mouth. It's really, you think that the puppet is just saying everything. And this is like, we've done 75 episodes and we've never put one online for people to see the puppet. So it's weird. Well, because we're not in the same room. So it's, it's a, a bit of a, a production to see everything together. Do you think we should just stop doing the puppets? Like, is it worth it? No, no, we have to keep doing the people love it. People love puppets. We need to keep doing the puppets. Now, 
I think that maybe we might want to switch up the puppets. I'm not sure if your zebra is still working for, uh, you know, the uh, Akiva zebra. I'm not sure if it's if it's necessarily that puppet is hitting with the public. What about what about if we do a uh, like a camel? A camel. I'm going to start using uh, Mr. Marbles, uh, Kramer's puppet. I think that that would be much more Seinfeld themed. Mr. Marbles. Yeah, that's when uh, <laughs> isn't that when uh, Jerry in the Kenny Rogers roasters when uh, Jerry has to sleep in there. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I, I think animal puppets are the best type of puppets. Okay, sorry. So I, I will retire Mr. Marbles, put him back in his crate, and uh, I will go with some sort of like raccoon. I don't like raccoons because they have rabies. Honestly, <laughs> okay. I once parked. I parked, and and there was a raccoon outside my car in Manhattan, and he was just like waiting by the driver's side door. And I just like I just sat in my car for a half hour because I don't want to like get out and get bitten by. This rabid raccoon. Why didn't you try to go out the passenger side? Because they like he could. Raccoons are fast. He could have come around to the passenger <laughs> side and got me. Plus, I would have had to walk past the driver's side to get to my house. So it wouldn't have been like you know. And I couldn't give up the spot because it was a Sunday night. You can't find a spot in the city on Sunday night. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right, let's get into talking about the conversion and uh, what's going on here. So Jerry starts off talking about his uh, stand-up with doctors, says that doctor is the only job where they make you put the diploma on the wall because I guess the doctors are so insecure <laughs> with their patients and they, they have to say to people like, oh, what, you don't think I'm a real doctor? Well, why don't you take a look at this? It's funny because I usually check like where my doctors went to medical school. Yes. So, and then if they went to a bad school, like I once had a doctor who didn't go to a, a good medical school. Like he went, he actually had one that went like, uh, didn't, I guess, didn't get in in the United States and went to one in uh, like some island or something. Hmm. And uh, like, and I'm like, oh man, this, I mean, it, it was like very basic stuff. I was just going to get like a medicine or something. So, you know, I wouldn't have gone in for a surgery, but uh, you know, you should really check where your doctors went to school. Let's say they went to like, would you want some guys like uh, I failed at a SUNY Oswego and I, you know, I'm uh, <laughs> I got mine at a uh, community college medical school. I don't know. <laughs> So are there other jobs where you have to have the diploma on the wall? No, but there should be. Lawyer, you have the diploma on the wall? Lawyers can, but I feel like that's like an arrogance thing. Like nobody's ever asking for their lawyers like, hey, or did you, you know, are you actually a law- like a, a lawyer? Did you pass the bar? Show me. Yeah. They just like, if you have a fancy office, you want to put like fancy looking things up on the wall in your office. So I think that's why lawyers do it. Yeah, definitely not podcaster. You definitely do not need. You should put up. It would be funny. Put up your diploma on the wall behind you. You know, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. It's like my diploma when I got it, like my dad hung it up at my parents' house Mm -hmm. and like didn't ever really ask me like, hey, do you want it? I mean, I lived at home at the time, but like. He like I guess he paid for like to get it like the framed version. Well, did he pay for college? I mean, I mean, some of it. I mean, it because wasn't. I'm saying like if they, then it's like a very expensive diploma. I feel like you would want it if he's like, oh, I I paid for this, buddy. Yeah, so I just don't know what to do in that spot. Like, I don't know what the like. Hey, can I have my diploma to put in my house? Like, as opposed Wait, to so it's at your mom's house now yeah, on the so wall. It's like it's on it was on the wall. I feel like she'll give you the diploma if you really want it. Yeah, well, I feel weird to say, hey. I don't know. It's like it's like a thing that's on the wall in your house. Like it's like uh, displayed like kind of prominently. Are your other siblings like? Do they have stuff of them, or is it just yours? There is a lot of stuff of mine, but there is also uh, there is some other stuff. It's not all me. Oh, okay, because then maybe it's just like they're building a shrine to you, and they actually want it. <laughs> uh, that had been a concern at one point. I will be honest about about that. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. Anyway, so. 
Then Jerry had talked so also about that the doctors play mind games with you by making you take off your pants. Is that sort of the thing to uh, have some sort of a like leg up on you? No pun intended. Yeah, for sure. They're showing you who's boss. Is that really true? Yeah, there's no reason. Like half the time, there's no reason why you need to take off your pants. I guess it's sort of more awkward to have you taking your pants down with another person in the room. Why? I mean, like, as opposed to like them walking into the room and you're already pantsless. I don't know. I feel like they're already pantsless. It's just sort of like, okay, protocol. I think the point where somebody is dropping trow in front of you, I feel like there is like some shame and sort of like, okay, now I'm taking my, like my pants down. Like you don't know. And then the guy's like waiting is like, oh, hold on. The doctor has to like avert their eyes or pretend to be looking at their sheet or drawing something. At least if you're already there, it's like, boom, like they need to check something. Then you're already ready to go. You don't have to have like you skip that probably most awkward point of you taking the pants down and having to like look in another direction. Yeah, this whole I, like I, I feel like neither of us are going to want to be doctors by the end of this podcast series. Yeah, I have no issue with this with this part of it. All right, so let's get into. We see George in the restaurant with this woman, and do we get her name? Uh, in the credits, it's Sasha. Sasha. George is really taken with her. He's telling her this place has great lobster. She needs to have the lobster. Don't even think about the price of this lobster. It's twenty five dollars. Don't even worry about it. He's so taken with her. And uh, she is going to order the lobster. But at the same time, she tells him that there's a problem. She is Latvian Orthodox and George is not. And her parents say they can't date. It's over. It's over. There's differences in our religion. And so then (laughs) they order the lobster for her. But uh, George is thinking maybe she should... uh, Perhaps not get the lobster now that the relationship is going to be over. Right. This is, yeah, I mean, once, yeah, once the relationship's over, like, she, you know, she's lucky if she gets an appetizer. Or at least they should split it. He's starting to think that lobster is not the way to go. I mean, I've never had lobster, but it sound, it's like it's expensive, right? Lobster is typically expensive, and uh, it is very delicious, but it's mostly delicious because you're dipping it in melted butter. That's really, that's really the, you know appeal there or the lobster what would a lobster go for nowadays in a good restaurant it would have to be a lot more than 25 dollars. Oh, i have no right? idea it really just comes down to like the size you know an actual lobster is a lot of work like to get like an actual you know lobster in front of you you got like a nutcracker you need like a whole like a uh, tool kit to be able to work i mean i think that in a perfect world you want sort of a lobster tail that's that's nice that's that sort of like the easiest part and they sort of like do most of the prep for you I have to say, like, there are certain foods that aren't kosher that I can't eat that are like, oh, I would really want to try that. And lobster is not on that list. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you basically could get like some uh, imitation crab meat and then just put like, uh, you know, a quarter of a stick of butter in the microwave, you could basically like recreate that experience. I mean, I've had mock crab. I don't know. How yeah, that I mean, up. take that and dip it in the butter. You basically got that. All right, done. <laughs> So we really don't see this woman throughout the entire course of the episode, except for in the final scene when she's going to go away and not, and not come back or at least go away for a year. But that's really it. And I feel like that we get this a lot with George's girlfriends. Like they're sort of like in the first scene and then he goes off without them for the most of the episode. I mean, there's so much going on in this episode. Like we usually talk about like an A, a B and a small C story. But this episode really has four concurrent storylines. So there's not so much time for the girlfriend. but. We do, you know, we are sort of on the journey with George of like him becoming religious. Uh, Part of the point is that she's not there, right? Like she doesn't, it's a surprise. She doesn't know about it. I mean, I think that this story is actually like a pretty noble story for George. I mean, 
you could say that, okay, well, he just didn't even care about his religion and he was willing to throw his religion away. And of course, he cheats on the test to become Latvian Orthodox. But the fact that he is doing this for a woman, I mean, he's going through a lot of work to try to be with this woman. I think that that is actually a net positive in terms of George Costanza. Yeah, this is probably one of his like better person, you know, George episodes. He, you know, he like even though he does make a joke out of it, like you say, he cheats on the test. He is like pretty into it. Like in the last scene, he's like, all right, you know, I'm converting. He's happy. We don't know like what he's converting from, but we know that he doesn't care about whatever he used to be. So, you know, he's you know, to him, it's it, it's no difference. He's just doing it to be with her, but he's not doing it for some weird reason like you know, so he could get her money. He's doing it because he likes her. Yeah. The amount of effort that he's putting forth to be with her. I mean, I find it to be very romantic. I mean, if I found out that my wife like uh, like did like walk to the other side of the room to talk to me, I would be I would be <laughs> blown away. I would be very I would be say, wow, you wouldn't like, convert if- religions for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've keep. I've I've done. Uh, I've done ten ten times more than that. But I feel like that. If I'm the woman, I would feel like uh, wow, George Costanza is really doing something very nice. Yeah, although he did pick the right religion. It seemed like you know it was December. Like if the show is up to what the the, the fake show is up to, where the you know the series this episode's airing in December, and they're talking about you know Christmas Eve, he's going to convert. You can convert in two weeks. There's religions that you know make you take years. So yeah. And then you get out of like buying all these Christmas presents for people too. I think that should have been part of this. Well, we don't know that we, because there may be Christmas in Latvian Orthodoxy. We're not sure. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You should have a good reason to convert to Judaism around the holidays. Like every year. Oh yeah. Christmas uh, presents. Look, it's, it's very appealing. It's very appealing. All right. So we go into the hallway and uh, we see that Jerry is talking to Elaine and uh, she's talking about how she is dating a doctor, but it turns out it's not really a doctor. He's a podiatrist. Akiva, do you feel this way? I feel like this is a big, you know, there is a big like uh, like a gang war between the doctors and the podiatrists. You know, dentists like are, are much more like have much more street cred. They're much closer to doctors even than podiatrists are. They have their own school. You know, it's considered a lot easier to get into. I, I feel like they don't get a lot of respect, the podiatrists. You know, it's funny that Seinfeld seems to have like this tiered caste system of medical professionals of like we have in a lot of different episodes. It's like, oh, you're not a doctor. You're a dentist. Oh, you're not a doctor. You're a dermatologist. You're not a doctor. You're a podiatrist. Like (laughs) if you were going to have to rank doctor, dermatologist, podiatrist, dentist, What's the well, dermatologist order? is a doctor, so we'd really have to get into like specific sort of specialties, right? Yeah, I think they say proctologist is the best oh, because pro- they have the best stories. Sure, <laughs> we could, yes, sure proctologist. That's what that doesn't Kramer say that? So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So this idea of the doctor, although this guy does like a kind of a pretty slimy move, it sounds like to Elaine, like he says to her, "Oh, let me put my hand on your heart." And then, if it, I mean, isn't that a, a bit suggestive? I mean, we talked about with Jake Jarmel of he's like touching her fabric. Like, oh, what fabric is this? But this seems to be the most forward pickup move that we've seen yet in Seinfeld. Let me put my hand on your heart. You got to watch out for those podiatrists. Yeah. Wow. It's not like, hey, let me check your pulse. Right. right. He, he, if your podiatrist is going anywhere other than your foot, he's in big trouble. Right. You know, you're, you should get out of there. 
especially when it's like, let me put my hand uh, over your heart. I mean, what is this like uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? I don't get it. I know. But anyway, so Jerry is sort of snarky about the idea that it's a podiatrist. But here's this blonde woman who's down the hall in 5E and Jerry is dating this woman. Now, um, I'm surprised that this hasn't come up uh, too much. We did have where there was the neighbor of Jerry who had the woman that wanted to get with him in one of those terrible episodes from like uh, season two. But here is a woman in Jerry's building on his floor. You would think that Jerry would have some sort of rules about this. Yeah, but again, she is just visiting for a month, right? She's subletting Carol's apartment for a month. So it's a little different. She's not there permanently, right? It won't be awkward for the rest of his life right. to see her. Right, so she's subletting there. So they go into Jerry's apartment, Jerry and Elaine, and we see George is on the couch, and he talked about how he's so upset, and her parents don't want her to be involved with somebody who's not Latvian Orthodox, and she's the only woman he didn't lie to. Her parents are devout Latvian Orthodox. He's even thinking of converting. There's really no downside for George converting. Like, why not? Well, the big downside as presented in the episode is that his parents would be upset, but his parents are often upset with him. So I don't think that George is particularly worried about this. No, I mean, they're so crazy that, you know, they it's almost not even right. It's not worth worrying about those Costanzas. Elaine says this would be like a King Edward abdicating the throne to uh, be with a I don't know. I didn't get the uh, the name of the woman, but. George is excited about the idea of pulling a King Edward. Yeah, who, who wouldn't want to pull a King Edward? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> and Jerry says, well, you know, King Edward didn't live in Queens with Frank and Estelle Costanza. That's a good line. <laughs> and so George is not only going to do this, he's also going to surprise her. What do you think of this idea? I think that this is the major flaw in George's thinking. It is because he doesn't know. This could take months for all he knows. And he needs to keep her along. Like if he goes... And says like, hey, let's go meet with your parents. Like, I'm becoming Latvian Orthodox, he says. He's a, he's got it made, right? She's going to stay with him. She's not going to end up going to Latvia, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, a, it's a huge mistake on George's part. Not to mention, it also could be the thing where she says, you know what, George? It really, it wasn't the religion. You know, it's, <laughs> I just, I don't, I'm not that into you. I just made up the thing about the religion. So like, you could definitely say a thing is something, and then it's not actually that thing. Yeah, and let, let's say they say like, oh, we only marry people who are Latvian Orthodox from birth. Mm-hmm. Then he's in real big trouble. <laughs> right. So George leaves the apartment. He's going to go uh, think about this. Uh, Jerry says, this one is uh, definitely Elaine's fault. She's like, is this my fault? Yeah, it's your fault. All right, so here's Jerry on the couch with the woman down the hall. What is this woman's name? Uh, her name is Tony. Tony. <laughs> yeah. They really stretch on some of these uh, girlfriend names on Seinfeld. It's like, uh, like, oh, what's a, what's a new name we haven't used yet? Tony? I mean, like, they probably, re- they did reuse a few names, I think. But yeah, Tony is, uh, well, Tony Katane was popular then, right? Well, we talked about that she was on Seinfeld. Right, right, right. But we I'm saying whole, maybe they've seen her. like on the podcast. We were tweeting to her. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she never responded to me, by the way. <laughs> anyway so jerry is uh <laughs> is, is making out with her he's talking about like oh you're such a good kisser and so uh he ends up going into the bathroom because his hands are sticky from an orange like what is the the order of events here jerry is eating an orange then the orange turned into uh make out and then i need to go wash my hands is this how this happened yeah i mean he should have probably washed his hands pre-make out because oranges are very sticky i mean there's no orange peels to be seen i don't think 
But anyway, so that's no, what, he's not an animal. He probably threw them in the garbage. Yeah. How long ago was this orange eaten? Your hands stay sticky for a long time at post orange. So he was where was he eating the orange? You could eat an orange anywhere. I could be eating an orange right now. You wouldn't even know. So he peeled the orange. He threw the peels out. He went somewhere to eat the orange. And then that's when his hands are dirty. He could have been eating it on the couch. I like guess they could have been watching a television show. He's like, hold on, I'm eating an orange. Then he finished the orange. And they're like, all right. Then they started to get busy. But he, they waited for him to finish the orange. Why not wash your hands at the point that you peel the orange? Well, that's what now we're getting back to square one. That's, of course, what he should have done. But, you know. Maybe the temptation, you know, they, they couldn't stop themselves for a few minutes. And then now he's getting up to wash his hands because he thinks uh, this might be going on a little while longer. Like your hands get sticky from peeling the orange, not so much when you eat the orange. No, eating the orange also because some oranges are like really juicy and they have like a lot of junk going on in them. Okay, well, he's not doing it right. then. So he goes into the bathroom and he opens the medicine chest, which is a bit ajar. And uh, he ends up seeing the fungicide in the medicine chest all right akiva would you ever do this at somebody's house i'm like nosy but i i I have no interest in what medicines people are on so i would never look in the medicine cabinet i have no like i just have it that doesn't interest me yeah definitely i don't uh you know like i don't want to be in there longer than i have to yeah i mean the 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 what's it called like she's knocking on the door at one point in the episode which is like how long do you have to like if someone's not married how long does the person have to be in the bathroom before you knock on the door and say, like, are you all right in there? <laughs> like, at what point are you comfortable doing that? I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know if I do that now after like 11 years of marriage. Like, are, I'm not so sure. Are you concerned <laughs> with people opening up your medicine chest? No, I've, I don't. First of all, I don't even have anything. In, <laughs> You're like, I don't even know free. what's in my medicine chest. <laughs> you feel free. Yeah. Sometimes I'm curious, like, uh, you know, what, what does my wife have in there? Sort of like, interesting I, don't need, I have no idea what we have. And I wouldn't know what it was even if I saw it. Um, so anyway he opens this up and he sees the fungicide and he's like really disturbed by this but the whole thing and this comes up a little bit later on in the episode she's subletting it's not even her house why, <laughs> why is he so worked up about this yeah I think we I think you kind of cracked sort of a hole in the episode <laughs> like, that she could have just said unless it has her name on it maybe it has her name on it. it's prescription fungicide so maybe maybe that's the hole in your theory I don't know did it could but then like it wouldn't say the the cat's name right on the medicine it would say her name but, but it's not prescription right because it's it's cat medicine i don't know how much prescription cat medicine there is yeah i don't know i think we need a i think we need a uh an animal doctor here a veterinarian do we have, uh, do we have a veterinarian because my friend who i listen sometimes dad is a vet we're gonna have to have to get him on board and ask him this question i mean what is the big thing that jerry is worried about here that she needs the fungicide for yeah what's worst case scenario right yeah it's just jerry and he's so the reason it works a little bit with jerry here is that he's such a neat freak he doesn't want anybody who has any kind of fungus i just yeah i don't really understand i mean whatever his concern is like he's on the couch he's making out with her I don't know what necessarily the worst. If he's saying like, okay, well, I, I got to make sure I'm not going to be using her shower. You know, if he's, is, I, I don't know. And again, this is my naivete at work here probably, but I don't know necessarily what his biggest concern is. Cause I feel like whatever his concerns are, I feel like there are many ways around those concerns. Agreed. Yeah. It's uh, this, you know, this is a, this is a very simple problem to solve. Jerry <laughs> does not, I don't understand why this is such a major issue for Jerry. This is why you're still single, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're worried about nonsense. <laughs> All right. 
So we and then end up with Jerry at the diner. And so they're talking about what could she possibly have? And Kramer, I think, is very, very underrated in this scene. He's really funny. He's like eating, but he keeps talking. And just like his delivery on a couple of these lines really killed me when they're saying like, uh, so what could she possibly have? And he's like in the middle of a bite. And he's like, fungus. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting, this whole episode is an interesting Kramer. He's sort of, I feel like he had like, it was extra caffeinated in this episode before it came in. Yeah, Kramer is very anti-fungus. And Jerry... Is there someone who's pro-fungus? I think that there's some people that are like, I don't think it's that big a deal. What's your take on fungus? I, I mean, again, I have a bit of a naivete about it. I don't think I necessarily understand the dangers of a fungus. I've not been exposed to it much. But I kind of feel like if there is a point where there is a woman who is uh, interested in me as more than a friend... I don't feel like this idea of that she has fungicide in her medicine chest is going to be uh, the deal breaker for me. Yeah, and Tony's an attractive lady. Like, I feel like this should this should be a non-issue. Yes. So Elaine accuses Jerry of snooping. Do you think that this is officially Jerry was snooping? I mean, it was open. If you can see it without touching, I think it's fine, right? Like I think if you, if snooping under any <laughs> under any argument. I mean, if your eyes see it, that's not snooping. But yeah, he's he's pushing the it op- it's open halfway. He's pushing it open the other half. So I guess he is snooping a little. Yes, <laughs> I think he's snooping a lot. Yeah, but if she's really embarrassed by it, then you know why is the why is this open? Why is the uh, medicine cabinet open? Yeah. So anyway, Kramer is saying he always goes through people's medicine chests. Oh, I have no doubt. But he's Kramer's taking the good stuff also. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. So Jerry ends up bringing it back to Elaine. You're dating the podiatrist. What if we ask the podiatrist or ask the doctor? And Elaine is like, oh, all of a sudden now he's a doctor. Yes. So could you ask him about the uh, fungicide? Yeah. I, like, yeah. All of a sudden we're respecting this guy's opinion so much. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just looking at the uh, antifungal page on Wikipedia. And so the antifungal medication uh, could be used to prevent athlete's foot ringworm. I think, I think no that, that's a that's one. yeah. But I, but let's say she just said I have athlete's foot. That's end of story, right? That's fine. But ringworm, I feel like is like that's like the kind of thing like wrestlers get from the mats and stuff like that. I think that's like a, yeah, yeah. Oh no, but but as long as she says, oh, I have athlete's foot, don't worry about it. Yeah. If Jerry's worried about ringworm, that's fine. But she's not going to say she has ringworm. <laughs> Can you see the ringworm? Is that like a visual? Could you do like a visual check on that? I don't think you'd want to. <laughs> oh, I think you'd want to. I just don't know. I think it's like, hey, what's that? What's that big spot? Uh, I, I think you need a doctor and not a podiatrist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm on the ringworm page on Wikipedia. It no, look don't like be on the ringworm page. It's bad. <laughs> it looks like kind of like a blotchy uh, area. It's not good. Not good. Not good. All right. So maybe there are, there are some things. Don't worry about again i'm not experienced uh with knowing too much about this uh then uh elaine is talking about uh about funguses and kramer corrects her it's a fun guy fun guy that's uh the correct plural of fungus so we see george yeah. with the latvian orthodox priests again i'm not sure if we're using the right terminology priests but we'll go with it i think he says priest so we could we could do it but there's clearly there are two different positions i mean one guy's got the guy who's sitting looks like he's the guy in charge, but the guy standing next to him's got some really funky outfit going on. Yeah, he's got a, sort of a wild hat. So 
He's asking George, the, the main priest is asking George, why does he want to be in the Latvian Orthodox Church? And George is trying to describe his feelings about it and about uh, the religion. And uh, they're asking if the word is enigmatic. No, it's not enigmatic. And then he asks, uh, Vost? And George answers him, no, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's Vost. <laughs> But anyway, he likes the hats, is what he says. I mean, it is funny because this is like a comedy thing where you, they like pretend not to hear him when he says something stupid. Mm-hmm. But then he gives a good answer like a second later and like, oh, you sound great. Yes. He says that the hats are very pious. He's, he's familiar with the basic plot of the religion. <laughs> and the priest is like, uh, the plot? And George is like, yeah, you know, uh, the, the flood, the lepers, uh, the commandments and all that. So. Uh, sort of just like uh, faking his way through it. I mean, uh, that's, you know, you could get into any religion with that stuff. That's basic Old Testament stuff. So he ends up getting like a big pile of books. And so he has to familiarize himself with these texts. Like two weeks of studying. There's like 20 like long books that might not even be in English. They might be in Latvian for all we know. And also at this point, we end up meeting Sister Roberta. What do you think of the outfit Sister Roberta is wearing? I mean, I don't I don't think much of it. She's not even a sister yet, right? Yes. Or she is a sister. A novice. She's going to be a, she's a novice. They say. I don't, I don't see. I don't know that. Is that like the regular like terminology? Oh, I don't believe sure. so. I believe that might be a Latvian Orthodox original. What what what, what do you find interesting about what she's wearing? I think she's in just sort of like this, like uh, yeah, head to toe, sort of like uh, you know, just like really her face is the only thing coming out. Listen, she's very pious. She's very pious too. But there you go. That is uh, Sister Roberta. And so George, he is very excited telling Jerry that he can't believe how easy this is. Soon he's going to be Brother Costanza. Uh, I mean, I I do think it would have been funny if we went back in like future episodes, like George still needing to do like little things related to the Latvian Orthodox Church. Like he never fully gets out of it, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, the like he, they just let him walk scot free after this episode. It's never done again. No, they never mention it again, and I, there's really not too much of uh, like a uh, like fallout with his parents or anything like that, which you would expect. So Jerry asks, "What is George going to be telling Mother Costanza? Because he will soon be Brother Costanza." George says he's going to be taking a vow of silence. Yeah, that's the best thing to do. His parents are so crazy. Who cares what they think? So now Kramer comes in. He has a slinky. He says it was given to him by Sister Roberta. And she likes him. And they say, well, she's a nun. Yeah, she has to like everybody. And Kramer implies she likes him more than a friend. Yeah, he's got a power. Yes, he has a power and he has no control over it. Now, why is Sister Roberta giving Kramer like these toys? She gives him a slinky. She gives him like some other like uh, type of, I don't even know what you would call that, like some sort of like tinker toy later on. She doesn't, she has no game, basically. She doesn't know what to do. <laughs> She's like stealing her nephew's toys and giving yeah, him the presents like he's a little kid. Basically. Okay. All right. So the phone ends up ringing in Kramer's apartment. He leaves and Jerry's neighbor comes by. And so Jerry is pretending to be sick and saying that he'll see her later. And then uh, when she leaves, George is like, all right, what's the story with her? And Jerry tells George that he found the tube of fungicide. And George is very quick to pick out that hey, it's not her house. Maybe it's not hers. Yeah, oh, that's a totally logical answer. Yeah. So Jerry needs to go and check out to see if there's a name on it. So Jerry goes to go to her house and say, hey, can I use your bathroom? Very similarly to earlier this season 
when Newman came to Jerry's house and said he needed to use Jerry's bathroom. Yeah, listen, uh, he's even Steven. He uses other people's bathrooms and they use his. All right. So then we end up with Elaine back with uh, the doctor slash podiatrist. Do we know what is this guy's name? Uh, we don't know. It's, it's, there's no credits. It never says his name. Doctor. And so they're like having a piece of cake. I feel like this is an episode where there's a lot of cake, a lot of pie in this episode. I don't really understand. I know it's sort of like the area between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but there's a scene where George is opening up this big, like this pink cake box. He's like eating a piece of chocolate cake with his fingers. Elaine and the doctor are, you know, cutting up a cake in this part when they're at Monk's. Kramer is like shoveling pie into his throat. I don't know if there was some theme to it. It just seemed like all of a sudden there's a lot of baked goods in this episode. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just what they had left over from craft services. They're like, hey, just put that on the table. Yeah. I mean, George is like cutting open this wrapped up pink box with like this uh, like little chocolate cake inside of it. And how do we explain the oranges, though? Yeah, I don't know the oranges. The oranges is the one thing. I guess if you had cake, your hands wouldn't be dirty. I mean, it depends what type of cake. Yeah. Maybe it was like some sort of like powdered donut or something. Yeah. I mean, I hate all kinds of cake. I don't care. You hate cake? Yeah. I'm, I'm pro pie, anti cake for sure. Really? What is it about the cake that you don't like? I don't like the texture. First of all, most cakes have chocolate in it. And as we've established, I don't eat chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I'm already out. Like, and then it's like, hey, we're making you a cake. It's like, well, okay, but I don't eat chocolate. And then like, what are you left with? Like strawberry shortcake? You know, what kind of good cakes don't have, don't have uh, chocolate in them? You're So like, I, I get pies like people will make me pies for my birthday or whatever occasion. But I don't disagree with you, but I think that uh, that's a, probably a bit too far to go with that t- with that cake take is that I hate cake. I think I'm anti cake again, serve, make a party, you know, find some friends, make a party, serve an apple pie and like a triple layer chocolate cake and the pie will go way before the chocolate cake does. See, for me, I think it's got to be like a really like a uh, rich sort of uh, like flourless chocolate cake. Uh, I think that that's really good. That's that's where you get me. I feel like uh, I am agreeing with you. I think cake is overrated. I, it, and so is but like but you don't agree that chocolate's overrated. Chocolate is underrated. I don't know why people like chocolate so much to the point where like I think I've been trolled my whole, whole life that like people love like I did this chocolate rant the first time I met like my wife's grandparents. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I hate chocolate. And then like, all right, that went well. And then we go out there like to say goodbye to them. And they're like leaving in their car and they have like bumper stickers on the back. They're all about like, I break for chocolate and chocolate this and chocolate that. <laughs> I break for chocolate. Oh, that, yeah. And I was like, oh, that probably didn't go well. I like, uh, they're going to think I'm like an anti-chocolate, you know, monster. <laughs> Is your wife related to like the Hershey empire? Uh, I, yeah, if only. <laughs> She's the wrong side of the family. <laughs> I break for chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> was it like a, some sort of like a Kit Kat joke? I don't I like I don't I don't get the like the chocolate humor. I just know that that I'm not into chocolate and and yeah. some people are like obsessed with I, it. I think you can get like sort of like crappy chocolate. Like sort of like a, like you know just like weak sauce like milk chocolate. Like I think that you know I, I like something that's like a really rich chocolate. I think that's pretty that's uh really good. And I agree with you you can get some lousy cake as well. Cake is not uh automatically good, but and it doesn't stay for a long time. Like well, pie will stay for a week. That's Cake part is, of the reason. <laughs> it's a factor. How long it holds. No, I'm just like knocking it down further now. <laughs> I, I, I already don't like it. Now I want other people not to like it. I don't disagree with you either. The pie is great. 
pie is probably underrated. Of course it's underrated. Our whole lives should be surrounded by pie. (laughs) Every time, like, have have an apple pie, you know, and then you'll be like, oh my gosh, I should have one of these every week, but. Yeah. I don't know how to cook, so I don't, I don't know. Like, it doesn't work for me. All right. Anyway, so let's get back to uh, Elaine and the doctor, and they're sort of like uh, having some cake. And so, anyway, Elaine is talking about this question that she has for a friend, and so that she wants to ask him. And he says, "Well, I'm used to it because I'm a doctor." And Elaine says, "Well, you know, podiatrist." And so then the doctor is trying to argue that he became a podiatrist because he likes to work with feet. Right. He could have been, you know, an orthopedic surgeon, but he loves the foot so much that he chose podiatry school over. Harvard Medical School was calling Rob. Yeah. He just went to the local podiatry school because he liked it better. That's what he liked better. Anyway, so that being said, we end up with going to the next scene, but it's almost like that he ends up breaking up with Elaine because he finds the tube of fungicide. Later on, you would think that at the point where Elaine is asking questions about my quote unquote friend who uh, is asking about this fungus. I mean, don't you think that the doctor is starting to get suspicious? Like, doesn't this happen all the time where people say like, yeah, so my friend, uh, you know, is having trouble. uh, You know, it's it's burning when they urinate. Uh, What should my friend do about this? (laughs) Just a random example. Yeah, Um, yeah, I, I do think he probably is suspicious and that's why. You know, he ultimately breaks up with her. <laughs> well, I mean, he finds the tube later on. I mean, that's ultimately, uh, you know, the smoking gun. Yeah, but why was he snooping? <laughs> well, that's a good question. <laughs> so George is in the bathroom uh, going through the Orthodox text. This is very funny because uh, his parents uh, are wondering what he's up to uh, in the bathroom for so long. And he won't tell them. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, I, I love like that. You know, they think he's up to something no good in there. And is there only one bathroom in the Costanza house? Potentially, you know, that he's like taking up the whole bathroom. They think he's up to no good. But really, he's like, uh, you know, like just studying away. Mm-hmm. OK, how does he come out of there with the book, though? I don't understand his plan. I don't know. Maybe he hides hide it in the medicine cabinet, maybe in the bathroom. Maybe there's like under the towels or like under a lot of people have like the under the sink sort of thing where they keep like all those sprays and that nonsense. Yeah. Maybe he has like a, a big Ziploc bag and then hides them in the toilet tank. Oh, boy. That's that's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, like Frank goes to like fix the, you know, the toilets like clogged or something. He's like, what's this? Who put a Latvian Orthodox Bible <laughs> in the toilet tank? <laughs> anyway, so then uh, we see Sister Roberta. She comes over. She gives Kramer another toy. Um, do you like it when we go see a little bit into Kramer's apartment? We can see like a headshot of Jerry on the wall. Yeah, it is funny when anytime we see like a little piece of Kramer's apartment, I like it. <laughs> All right. So then uh, we're at Jerry's apartment, and so uh, they're studying about Latvius was the son of which apostle. George is having a hard time uh, with the test, and Elaine comes in, and she tells Jerry about how she got into a fight with the doctor over the podiatrist thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, she uh, she took one for the team here. But I, I do like that they're, I, I, first, I like that, you know, George is like seriously sitting here studying, you know, and, and of course I like the fact that he's cheating. <laughs> Yeah. So, and also I ended up uh, skipping over this in my notes, but Jerry in the woman, Tawny's apartment uh, that, or in the apartment that she's subletting, he's using the bathroom. She's like, Hey, what's going on in there? And he is saying like, Oh, I can't find the soap. And so uh, she ends up uh, coming in to help him find the soap. 
and he ends up uh, pocketing the tube of fungicide. And again, these people are barely dating, and she's like knocking on the bathroom door and basically barging in. I don't, I don't buy it. Well, he did say he was just looking for the soap. That's true, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. By the way, this episode, I think the most scenes of any episode we've done so far. There's a lot of scenes in this episode. I counted 25. All right, so Jerry explains to Elaine that he ended up taking the tube of medicine from her. Yeah, which why, I mean, I guess to show him, I, I guess that makes sense. Nowadays, right, you just like text the picture of the medicine. But yeah, you I just guess take a picture with your phone. That's a much better yeah. idea. And so Jerry ends up asking Elaine if she could then take the tube to the doctor slash podiatrist. And Elaine says about how the fight and she how she said to him about how he's not a doctor, he's a podiatrist. And of course, then Jerry's like, well, how could you say that? Why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, she's pro foot. She's pro foot. And she says it's because Jerry put this idea in her head and she needs to call and apologize to find out about the fungicide. Mm. You know his pro foot? Who? Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan. He is, he is pro foot. Todd Bowles, anti foot. <laughs> I don't know if he's anti foot. I think he's anti foot. You got to come in, you got to change the culture of the team, Rob. I think he's foot agnostic. Uh, okay, fine. He's not foot Latvian Orthodox. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're going to get some angry uh, Bills uh, fan emails after this. No, they hate him. I, I was just reading an article. They already turned on him. They already turned on him. I Jim did Kelly's read trashing him. Well, because, first of all, he left the team. Sorry, non-football fans. He left the team, and the team he left is doing way better with the exact same player. Well, not the exact same players, but they're doing way better without him. So that's never a good sign. Well, I mean, let's not get too carried away where... You know, very much so after this weekend, by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, you know, the Bills could be four and three and the Jets could be four and two. So How it's, dare you. it's not necessarily like it, it's a it's very much within the realm of possibility that that is the case. So let's let's not go too far overboard that the Jets are four and one and the Bills are three and three at the time we're recording this. Well, we're now we're optimists, Rob. We've turned over yes. a whole 25 the years. Has of- changed us so much. <laughs> Three games where we've turned like from assuming we should listen to some of the old conversations we had in like July. Yeah. You know, was this also (laughs) like, oh, the Mets should trade their whole team away. They should burn down the stadium. I think I said that before we recorded the podcast. But on the Friday that the Mets traded for Cespedes, we recorded the podcast and I ranted. uh, And I think we both did about the Mets and what a disaster. And Wilmer Flores was crying. And and ultimately, I'm not even sure if it ultimately made the show. We might have cut it because at the time it got posted, it was already like five days later. Five days late. Do you know, did that ultimately make the podcast? I don't see. I, I remember the conversation. I don't remember if it was in the podcast or not. <laughs> we might have to go to the archives on that <laughs> just to play how idiotic we sound at this point. If they point. win the World Series, I feel like it'll be worth That's going like, to be a special edition of this where we <laughs> <laughs> we're like trade the whole team. It might be in the episode, but we were just like, uh, like, uh, like this team is a joke. <laughs> the hot takes coming for us. Anyway. <laughs> so we're going back to uh the george with this test he's now writing the answers to the cheat on the test on his hand and one of my big problems with this episode is uh nothing comes of this i mean he did really well on the test right so he cheated so i guess a little bit comes of it it just doesn't pay off well no i mean there is no negative consequence you have a character on this show who is cheating on an exam to change his religion, basically a, a test like there couldn't be anything more despicable, uh, I'm <laughs> sure, to the people who are of the Latvian Orthodox faith. And then there are no repercussions to this other than it was all for naught. I think because his motives are good. So we're not supposed to view George as being bad here. Like his motive is to do well at the test 
to become part of the religion so we can be with this nice lady. Uh, so we're not supposed like we're supposed to root for him. And it's, and it's just an, he gets an A for effort here. And there's even a scene where he's with the priest and he tells him how well he did. And he's like, like holds his hands up in the air and you could see all the ink on his hand. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it's like the priest should bust him there. And then Listen, how many people do you think are trying to become Latvian Orthodox, Rob? He probably sees he knows George is an idiot. They need some young blood to, to them. George is a find. Yeah, he's like a rule five draft pick off a team. And it's like, OK, we don't we know he's not going to be good this year. We just need to keep him on the roster. Got to keep him on the roster. Yeah. That's right. Can't cut him. OK, so so here comes Kramer. He's back and they talking about how Sister Roberta likes him so much. She's thinking of leaving the church. And we don't know, like, it's possible she's only been in the church for a few weeks, right? Because she's not a nun yet. Like, how long does it, it takes you only two weeks to be in the religion. I don't know how long it takes you to become a nun. I'm not sure if there's like a lifelong quest or if it's just a few months. Gotta think that they're not letting just anybody be a nun. I mean, they're desperate, I feel like. I think they're desperate, but I think you have to like, you know, you let the wrong person in as a nun. I think then that's sort of like, uh, looks really bad. So how many years does it take to become a nun? I'll say two. I'll say two. It's like an associate's degree. Okay, fair enough. So she's in like non-community college. Yes. <laughs> and so Kramer, he ends up saying like, uh, like oh, I'm, I'm dangerous. And the way that he leaves the apartment is very funny. He sort of like just like shuffles his feet out the door. Yeah, listen, he's not getting the big entrances. So he needs to have the wacky exits now. <laughs> wacky exits. <laughs> wacky entrance out, wacky exits in. So then we see George with the priest and the priest is talking about how George did better than anybody else has ever done. He's filled with the spirit of the Lord. Oh, I'm full of it. (laughs) (laughs) And now Kramer comes in to speak with the father. George doesn't really say like, Kramer, what are you doing here? Get out of here. Like, he's just like, oh, hey, Kramer. And then Kramer goes in to go speak to the priest. Yeah, it's just like very, you know, there's so many scenes. There's so much going on in this episode. They have to move all the plot along so much. There's not enough time for George and Kramer to interact here, I guess. So... Kramer tells the priest about this whole thing going on with Sister Roberta, and he tells the priest, I have this power. And the Latvian Orthodox priest is familiar with it. He says, the Kavorka, the lore of the animal. Yeah, I feel like this guy had it himself once. Is that why he had to become a priest? I mean, back in the day, this guy was picking up ladies left and right. Yeah. He says that the women are drawn to you. They would give anything to be possessed by you. I feel like there's some weird like demon stuff going on here. <laughs> Is that what's going on? Now, why does Kramer want so badly to be rid of the Kavorka? I, it, there's no reason. It doesn't make sense. Because I guess he feels, I guess he feels bad that this lady's throwing away her life for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like only going to be interested in her for a week. But still. Kramer never seems to have an issue with any other you know oh I, this sucks uh, so many women are into me yeah and he never really cares about what other people are thinking or even has the you know self-awareness to know what other people are thinking so it's weird and then also like when he went to the auction for the date auction a couple of weeks ago nobody wanted to bid on him so i don't really yeah, no kavorka there what's going on with the kavorka so he gets the recipe to rid himself of the kavorka 10 cloves of garlic three quarts of vinegar and so he has to like sort of douse himself in it and it stinks it stinks. You stink. So we end up with then Jerry is uh, going to Kramer's apartment. Is, did you watch the deleted scenes? Yeah. Okay. So there's a deleted scene that's sort of uh, in the midst of this where Jerry is talking to the woman, talking to Tawny, and he is asked by Tawny to take her, her cat to the vet. Yeah, there's a series of deleted scenes that sort of follow around that sort of subplot that we never see yeah 
And so then ultimately uh, we find out that, uh, you know, the fungicide is uh, for the cat. And so he has to uh, take the cat to the vet with her. Yeah, I mean, the deleted scenes just showed to me that even though this episode had a lot of potential, they sort of weren't sure which direction to go with that. Like, I feel like some of the stuff we actually see almost follows like what was going on in the deleted scene in terms of like what the podiatrist knows and like how he's going to break up with them. Um, and the ending of the of deleted scene, which I guess we'll get to when we get to the end, is a disaster. Yeah. And so we end up and I think that that the deleted scene, I think, was here. And uh, then in the episode, like the first half of that deleted scene comes later in the episode. Yeah, yeah, they they merged scenes differently. And again, they're really str- you know there's 25 scenes in 21 minutes. Yeah. It's kind of a uh, of a mess in terms of the plotting of this episode. They really yeah. Do. There uh, there's definitely some good moments, and I like I said there was a high ceiling to this episode. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They they needed a few more days with this. So anyway, so Jerry goes up to Kramer and says, what are you doing? You're funkifying the whole building. And so he is saying that it is uh, to get rid of the Kavorka. Yeah, and no questions asked. Okay. okay I mean, Kramer, you know, Kramer, like, that's par for the course for Kramer. So we end up seeing a sign at the Latvian Orthodox Church from a couple of women that I guess are friends with Estelle, conversion ceremony for George Costanza at 3 p.m. Because it's funny, they hate, the Costanzas hate Latvian Orthodoxy so much but they have friends who go to the church or at least walk past the church. I mean, yeah, maybe they're walking past. I didn't, I couldn't tell if that was inside or not. <laughs> yeah. So there's a really funny scene where Frank and Estelle are yelling at George and say, uh, what do you mean you're turning Latvian Orthodox? Why are you doing this? Those are mutilating squirrels. Yeah. Well, he tells them it's for a woman and, uh, Frank wants to know, wait, is that the group that goes around mutilating squirrels? <laughs> like, no, I like how he says squirrels. Well, but shouldn't the Costanzas just be thrilled that George might get out of the house you and have a so. girlfriend? You'd be excited that he met a woman. And uh, Frank says to George, uh, like, I'm calling my lawyer. It might not be too late to get out of this. And George just yells back at them, I don't want to get out of it. <laughs> you know, they really, uh, you know, they really are their own worst enemies, the Costanzas. <laughs> Frank is accusing George of being brainwashed. Estelle wants him to go back to the psychiatrist. And he's leaving, and, and Frank yells at him, though, stay away from those squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's Jerry now. He's back with Tawny, and uh, he's asking her what's wrong. And she's talking about how she's so tired. She actually is, like, acting, like, really strange. Like, uh, Yeah, it's a very, she's, I thought all the significant others in this episode are, are like, D-minuses. Yeah, she was really bad in this scene. She's, like, he's, like, saying to her, like, what, you're tired. And it's almost like she seemed like she has something, like, mentally wrong with her. And yeah, so like, reason, I'm really tired. Yeah. The reason is because she has a cat and the cat was keeping her up all night because he has this uh, special uh, skin fungus and he needs his medicine and he hasn't gotten it. And so he's really ornery. Uh, uh, do you think this is a good trivia question? If we ever do like Seinfeld trivia, what's her cat's name? Uh, the cat's name is Bonkers, right? Bonkers. It's a great cat name, by the way. Which I think it's odd, though. I think it was a bad choice because the cat is going crazy, but the cat's name is Bonkers. Like, I feel like it's sort of like the cat is going bonkers and the cat's name is Bonkers. So should she say here Bonkers was going bonkers? Yeah. It's like, oh, I have my cat crazy was going bonkers. So what should the calm name, the cat's name be Placid? Spot. Like Spot? Oh, just a, Spot is a dog's name, Rob. That's why it's funny. Oh, okay, fine. That's what my Good. friend, my friend David told me that. So... <laughs> Uh, what, what do you want to name the cat? Daniel Murphy? Uh, no, I like Daniel Murphy now. I wouldn't name it. No, niece. We'll name it Niece the, <laughs> niece the cat. Nice. That's, our, that's still our least favorite player. <laughs> anyway, so uh, 
the, Jerry is uh, now knows that the cat has the fungus. Okay, great. It's the cat. Then we see George in the ceremony to uh, become Latvian Orthodox. I, I think, uh, you know, not a lot of jokes in the Latvian Orthodox uh, conversion ceremony. Do you think like some other religions have like more of a comedic routine? And also like, is this the Sunday service that he's doing? Or like, are there a lot of people who are like so interested in seeing George? Like none of his friends are showing up at this conversion, right? You're right. So like, who is this crowd from? It's a good point. <laughs> so there's a little bit in the, in the, I didn't understand this dialogue of that George calls the priest Fada and he meant father. But I didn't really understand like... Uh, yeah, this scene should have been cut. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. All right. So then outside, Kramer wants to test the Kavorka thing. He goes up to a woman and says, how are you doing? She says, get away from me, you creep. Uh, Kramer's happy because the Kavorka seems to be uh, not working. Yeah, now he's going to run and uh, catch up there. Okay. So he needs to go uh, check in with Sister Roberta. And so <laughs> the priest wants Sister Roberta to deliver the final benediction. But she says she doesn't want to because she found him. And then Kramer comes in and everybody says, oh, the Kavorka. This is such a this is such like a like a bad like rom-com like uh, scene, right? Yeah. It's like I can't because and like he opens the door to the church. <laughs> if I if you're getting married, you have to like lock the front door. So nobody comes in at like a really, you know, uh, like dramatic this. point. Yeah, that's right. All right. So back- people do like, does anyone object? Does that still happen at these types of things? No, I don't even think that's even real. I think that's just a movie no. thing. It, it was never real. That's always a movie thing. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've ever been to a wedding where somebody said that. Because wow. I feel like there'd be some like wise guy at every wedding. And they're like, oh, oh of course. Yeah. Someone would be like, uh, yeah. So I don't think they have that anymore. Yeah. This is for probably not a good thing. Like, I feel like at that point, it's, it's because really, if you're the bride and the groom, it's really like, uh, there's no upside to, including <laughs> no, there's no upside. The let's let's of, strike that. From if the there's point. anybody that should object, unless you're like, like the groom and you're sort of like have cold feet and you sort of like want to call it off, but you don't have the balls to sort of just like not show up. Like it's sort of like you get somebody. Wait, so you object to your own wedding. Well, like you really didn't want it to get out of it and then you just like you know like pay like a bum like 30 bucks to come in and object like oh guess we can't get married well what's the bum saying like let me tell you what happened at the bachelorette party with this fine lass yeah and say <laughs> that he's like yeah and i that uh last night i was with the bride and it's like what and then the whole crowd says <gasps> yes <gasps> how dare you like, but uh, in I, movies, it's 50-50 whether funny. someone objects or not. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think you were that kind of person. <laughs> no, it's, I, I didn't. Oh, I, I can never trust you again. This is over. And then she marries the bum at that. <laughs> does she marry the bum right there? Yes. <laughs> That's usually what happens in movies. <laughs> Such a good plot device. <laughs> yeah. Hey, why does that bum have $30? Like, uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> so, anyway, so here's Elaine with the doctor, and they're sort of making up. And Elaine is talking about how she loves the foot and that pinky toe. Are you kidding me? And so uh, everything is good. So the phone ends up ringing. Okay. And we find out in the deleted scenes that it's Jerry on the phone. And so the doctor goes to the bathroom. And so in the bathroom, the doctor opens the medicine chest. Why is the fungus here, though? Well, even why is it out on the table? Like, why'd you need to put it away? Why, yeah. Why would Elaine take the fungicide? that belongs to Jerry's girlfriend and put it in her own medicine chest. It makes no sense. No sense. Like, unless she's trying to hide it, maybe I guess the, 
the writer is from who from the podiatrist by putting it in the medicine chest it doesn't make sense right like he seems more likely to find it considering the fact that he goes into the bathroom and the first thing he does is go through the medicine chest he seems less likely to find it in her purse than in the medicine chest and also doesn't elaine know that jerry's gone through the medicine chest that her like so it has to be something that's on her mind it's just it makes no sense whatsoever i mean would you put somebody else's fungicide like you would imagine whoever it has the fungicide is handling the fungicide tube with whatever fingers are applying the fungicide like you, you don't really want that like moving around your apartment no well let's say it also depends is it do they have the ringworm fungus or do they have the athletes well we fungus? don't know we never really find it <laughs> You can't ask your friend. That's like, that's too personal of a question. Right. And so ultimately, uh, he finds it. And uh, do we see in the regular episode, he, we don't see the fallout from it, right? Not really. Okay. So he's just like, what? Fungus. Right. So very upsetting for, uh, for him. And then we also see Roberta. She's no longer that much attracted to Kramer. And the Kavork is gone and he stinks. Yeah. And he stinks. Okay. And then ultimately, uh, that's that's the end of the episode proper and then we see in the in some sort of a cold close uh we end up seeing that george is with the woman again and he tells her hey i converted and she's like oh that's too bad because i have to leave and go to uh back to latvia i mean how so how do we end this better because clearly this is not a good ending okay so this is not a good ending so this is an episode clearly that the writers were struggling with because there are not one but two alternate endings that they give us in the inside look Yes. And so one of the alternate endings is I think we just see more of the podiatrist, right? Yes. Well, uh, and okay, that that's like nothing. Yeah. So But then the more the, the more like the most relevant one is the podi- the Jerry comes to Elaine's house at the same time the podiatrist does. Well, what actually just to back it up a little bit. So we end up in this super alternate ending. Jerry is in the car with Tawny and her cat and the cat is going nuts. And so the cat has never been scratching like this before. And so Jerry says, why don't we stop at my friend's house? Her cat had the same exact condition. And she has the medicine that your cat needs. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. So at this point, then they're going up there. But Elaine is with the doctor who comes out and is upset about that Elaine has the fungicide in the medicine chest. He doesn't want to be with her. Yeah. And so, I mean, none of these work for you, right? <laughs> this I actually, I mean, this one actually ties up some more of the, the plots. Cause I was going to come the things I was going to complain about. And so then when Jerry and Tawny get upstairs, then he's leaving. And then Elaine is mad because he had to snoop through the medicine chest for the fungicide. And then she's sort of like, wait, what you went through my medicine chest and stole my medicine. And then ultimately the podiatrist ends up like fighting with the cat, like very much out of the bus boy where the podiatrist is attacked by the cat off screen. And then the podiatrist is like, somebody call a doctor, which I think is actually a funny line. It's a funny line. It it wasn't even delivered. Well, like the whole scene is a huge mess. I mean, maybe if they were keeping it, they would have, uh, you know, done it a few more times, but, um, it it is a funny line, but the, the scene is a disaster. There's a reason this is to, that in the episode proper, without getting into alternate endings, there is no resolution to the Jerry storyline. Correct. There's None barely... At all. And we don't see Tony again, but there's nothing 
there's not right. We don't like right. She has to find out that because ninety nine percent of Jerry's relationships end. Like she has to find out that he stole it, and mm-hmm. right, and that's the end of the relationship. Right. That never happens in the regular episode. Also, or he has to find out that like that she has a fungus and Bonkers has a fungus, and they use the same cream or something like that. Right. Like the tractor story version of this. Yeah. And then the Elaine story doesn't really have a payoff. No, and and it's probably to begin with the the D story, the weakest of the four stories, and they're trying too hard here because this is the first episode where all four have totally separate storylines that, you know, sometimes, oh, they're all four on the subway, but at least like part of the time they're together. Here they're really for the first time going and giving everyone something completely different to do, and they weren't, and later on in the series they are much better at balancing it, but here um, they're not really sure what to do with some of the smaller stories like Elaine's. Yeah. And also the Elaine storyline of having the fungicide in the medicine chest also just makes no sense. No sense. So the Kramer thing is sort of like its own self-contained story. I think that makes us, that makes sense. The George storyline is funny. You know, that final beat is, uh, is okay, I guess. But overall, I think this is just an episode with a lot of plotting problems. Like they could have used like another pass on the draft of, figuring out how everything tied together yeah and again sometimes they're really rushing these episodes like 10 days script to air um you know script to filming whatever but i yeah i think they needed a few more days here and also like in the last scene like the proper last scene if you know maybe they involved the kavorka or something like she you know met a guy with the kavorka so she leaves george or, or something along those lines like something that had something to do with the episode not her just randomly going back to latvia yeah I think we probably could have cut a lot of the conversion scene. I don't think we necessarily needed that. I also feel like we could have just had, you know, um, George just like publicly shamed after he cheated on the test. I feel like then um, and that could have just like um, freed up George from that relationship ultimately. Right. Like what's on your hand? Oh, the answers to the test. Forget it. Yeah. What kind of a sick person would cheat on that? And sort of you sort of have can have him shamed and then ultimately uh, you know, get into some of the other things quicker, but whatever. Uh, not my favorite episode of Seinfeld, even though there are some uh, great stuff. And again, much like um, a couple of these other episodes that we've talked about in season five, I do think some of the best stuff is uh, George's parents. Yeah, the, uh, George's parents are great. There's some, you know, there's some good scenes with Kramer. Uh, I do. I personally like the stuff with George and the Latvian Orthodox people. Um, but yeah, it just it doesn't add up to the sum of its parts. Yeah, the Jerry and Elaine stuff are really the uh, the big black holes in this episode. Yeah, and they're just struggling one too many balls in this episode. Okay, so where do you rank this one? Um, just about where you'd expect. Uh, it's you know it has enough moments that it's not one of the truly bottom episodes, but it certainly can't crack the top hundred. So I have it at one sixteen. Okay, one sixteen. Can't argue with that. If this was two thousand fifteen, could George get some sort of a Latvian Orthodox certification online? Yeah, he could become like an online, he could probably become a, a minister, like a Latvian Orthodox priest online. Wow. Very easy to get those online religious degrees now. <laughs> That's pretty good. And then you could also just look up the fungus thing on WebMD. Oh, there's so much. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you could get uh, any kind of cake you want also. Um, you could, yeah, I mean, well, cake, like you could get cake delivered to your door now. Forget yeah. it. Forget it. Okay. Uh, let's check in our Seinfeld email inbox, which is Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. Uh, and so we've got a lot a lot of different things uh, that come into us uh, every single week. And, uh, you know, we're getting more and more emails. Like, let's start off with our medical correspondent, Thomas. 
We have to like, I'm going to have to start making a spreadsheet to keep track of our correspondence. You should, you should. And then, and then before each week's episode, you should let us know if there's something that we need to reach out to them about. Um, last week, Thomas says, we talked about the usefulness of multivitamins. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We like Flintstone vitamins. Thomas said that they have not been shown to have much benefit at all. And healthy people who eat a well-balanced diet, vitamin supplementation can have a role in people who are deficient or poorly absorbed by some vitamins. But in most people, a healthy diet is all that's needed. Thomas, coming through in the clutch. All right. Also, even though podiatrists may have the title doctor uh, in some countries and are qualified to operate uh, and they are trained in their own specific course, therefore, uh, they are not medical physicians, but more of an allied health professional. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, in some countries, podiatrists are king. Yes. And finally, Thomas says, that the conversion is one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes. I remember it quite well. In my eighth grade Bible class, we had to give a presentation on a Christian denomination of our choice. I, of course, presented on Latvian Orthodox and spoke exclusively about the Seinfeld episode. I don't think my teacher was too impressed. Yeah, I, I, I could say, I mean, I would give you an A if I was your teacher, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, then uh, we have... Uh, an email uh, that comes to us uh, from, uh, I actually got to meet one of our Seinfeld podcast listeners, Akiva, over the Ooh, weekend. Oh boy, who'd you meet? Was it, did you meet Chester? That's exciting. No, I did not. I met one of our Seinfeld listeners, Dan. I was up in San Francisco uh, to uh, do an event for, uh, on uh, Rob as a podcast. And uh, I was up in San Francisco and I was uh, met with a bunch of podcast listeners, including somebody who was a big fan of the Seinfeld podcast, but his biggest complaint is that they're too short. Wow. Because right when we finish every week, I hear the exact opposite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, this, this listener, Dan, that he wants to know where is the Kickstarter, where is the Patreon to, uh, to get Akiva more money so that the podcast could be longer? Well, I don't know. I, it's not a money issue. First of all, <laughs> You'd have to give Rob the extra money. I'm, I'm doing one podcast. So here's a week. what Rob's Dan is proposing. 50. Here's what Dan okay. emailed me and said, for every minute of Seinfeld podcast over 70 minutes, I'll donate $1 in the name of a Seinfeld podcast uh, to a charity of your choice. Uh, maximum $50 per podcast. Oh, <laughs> forget it. If he, if he put in no max, we were going to, we're going to put like a 48 hour, just like dead silence every few hours. Us just like talking about the weather and charging in big money for every pot. Seinfeld podcast over 70 minutes. Well, and when I wow. first read this, I thought it was for every one podcast that's over 70 minutes. He was going to donate one dollar. Wait, isn't that what he's doing for every minute of Seinfeld podcast over 70 minutes? I'll he's giving us a dollar. So every week, if we do 80 minutes, he's spending 10 bucks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's that's reasonable. I thought he was originally saying that, okay, podcast is uh, an hour and 11 minutes. I'll donate one, you know, or that's the wrong example. But the podcast is an hour and 20 minutes. You passed, you passed the 70 minute mark. I'll donate a dollar. And so for the year, he was looking at $50. Right. No, here it's 10 bucks an episode. If we huge... go 10 minutes over. But he also said charity of our choice. Can we pick a charity the now? Rob, what charity we yeah. Human fund. I was thinking just give it right to the Mets. <laughs> For like bonds. Where's, we got to resign Daniel, Daniel Murphy. Where, where's Amir's brother with the Kickstarter? That's right. Okay. Uh, he says, I realize that you both have incredibly busy schedules and this tiny donation isn't much, but maybe a little extra motivation will go a long way. Maybe not. Every minute of Seinfeld is already great. So you just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, that's awesome. Anyway, if you're interested, let me know the charity and let's do it. 
Oh boy, what a, what a generous offer, Dan. Yeah, really. But we're going over seventy minutes today, so <laughs> yeah, we hit the we definitely hit the mark. Uh, hey up, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> What if we should have just last week when we were uh, having problems with the internet connection when my internet went out for like twenty? Oh yeah, we're minutes. not cutting anything. In Scott, the middle, keep everything in now. <laughs> Scott, it's mud- don't money. Cut out the Do you hate charity? Do you hate charity, Scott? Then leave this stuff in. When yeah. we make mistakes, when right. Rob says something really offensive, leave it in. All right. So um, maybe is there some charity that's tied into Seinfeld? I feel like that would probably be the best. Uh, let's how about let's think about it, and next week we'll decide on the charity for next for next week. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Dan, uh, for the very generous offer. Okay. Uh, You want to hear back in from our attractive woman correspondent? Sure. Who doesn't? Uh, She got back to us because there was some confusion as to whether she was going to be our sidekick on the podcast or uh, just write to us. Uh, She says um, she listened to the last podcast and was happy to learn that she got the job, even though there was no competition. Uh, She would have earned it fair and square if there was, but she will take it. She like her confidence open to being on hand to answer woman related questions as the attractive woman correspondent. We could scrap the sidekick idea. Okay. And she says, no, you're not being catfished. Uh, we could call her or Google her name and uh, you could see that she is real and spectacular. Elaine. <laughs> now, no, you're not being catfished, I do think, is the pat answer to the question, am I being yeah, catfished? If, well, let me ask you a question, <laughs> Elaine. If you were catfishing us, would you, would you say, uh, I'm, you know, I am catfishing you? Like, of course not. <laughs> Your name is Elaine, so we're already like, if, you know, if her, name was, if her name was like Kramer, then we'd really be onto something. <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't we check in? Uh, Johnny DeSilvera uh, wants to know, uh, a question uh have uh have you two ever done anything out of the ordinary to impress a girl like george did i mean i wash the dishes every day that's like to me that's the most extraordinary thing i could do <laughs> and it's not it's not really to impress it's so she doesn't beat me with them and like leave them in my bed at night when i sleep yeah wow i mean converting to a different religion that is a uh, a real tall order yeah i don't know how you could top that yeah but also like if rob let's say you converted to another to latvian orthodox because nicole's family was latvian orthodox yeah. How many times a day would you mention, I converted to your religion for you? Oh, Akiva, you think that would work? Because whenever... You, you would, I, Rob, you'd get it tattooed on your no, forehead. No, I wouldn't because because Nicole has a whole thing where she says, oh, you always have to get a pat on the back every time you do something. <laughs> you know, she, and she'll you say... You only did it so I would compliment right, you, Rob. Right, Yeah, like you're not being nice. You're only doing it so I don't get mad at you. One thing I've noticed, and I don't know if this is a woman thing, but I've only ever been a man and in relationships with women is I could do the greatest thing in the world. I could get my wife like a, you know, $50,000 necklace. I don't, but I like in theory, if I did, it will only buy me until the next time she gets mad at me. Oh, and then yeah, it's forget gone it. forever. You don't can't, you can't it could like last, it could last 10 minutes. It might last a few days. It could last 10 minutes. And then it's like, you know, I draw, I broke a glass on the floor. That's it. You can't <laughs> stockpile goodwill. Um, no, but I do think with me, you could stockpile goodwill. Yeah, no, any sane person, uh, but like uh, a couple of, it was around like uh, like uh, in May when we had on the podcast, like uh, Pro Flowers had sent flowers to the house mm-hmm. and uh, because they, they, we were doing commercials for them on, on Robin's podcast and I gave them to my wife and she was like mad that I, that I was like, honey, I, I, I hear, I, here are some flowers for you. It's like, where did they come from? I said, I, I got them for you. She's like, well, you didn't pay for them. I'm like, well, what does it matter? 
Oh, you should have given them a goofy gal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can't stockpile goodwill. Like I, I read, I read the book, the seven habits of highly effective people. And what they say is that there's an emotional bank account and you can make deposits into the emotional bank account and stockpile like emotional well-being. And then every time you make it, if you make a withdrawal against it, then as long as you're not overdrawn, you're good. But I guess there's no, uh, I think that's actually totally wrong. Yeah. I don't think that's true. I think you're either, you're either always good or you're always bad. Basically. Anyway, Johnny D. Severa said, I consulted with my mother and Mark's on coffee tables can be made by both hot and cold drinks. Um, That was a question from last week's show. As long as you respect wood. And, Johnny DeSavera also said, I'm not the biggest consumer of vitamins, but I do take one vitamin C a day because it's important to have enough vitamin C daily and he doesn't feel like he gets enough. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> Good to know. How about eat an orange, but then you, know, then you have to wash your hands. Yeah, by the way, the last time I went to the doctor, he said, I don't, ha- I don't have enough vitamin C. Really? He actually said vitamin because he's British and Br- British people don't know how to speak English. But yeah, and it's, you know why it is, Rob? Do you have a guess? Uh, why is that? Because I don't leave my house ever. Oh, I think that's vitamin D. Sorry, vitamin D. I don't have enough vitamin D. Yeah, you're, you're right. Go in the sun. Vitamin D. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, uh, you don't leave your house. So then I went to get, he like gave me a, a prescription for like drops or he told me to get the drops and I got them. And the lady at the counter was like, you know, you could just go outside and you don't need to take. Like, I'd rather, she really, like the lady at the counter, like really gave me a lot of criticism, but I'm like, no, nah, I'd rather take it. I'm not, I'm not going outside. Yeah. But it just sits in my drawer. I have used it once, so. My my levels are probably really low now. Okay. No email from Amir this week? Was he busy with the Mets? I think he had a kid, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So let's go to Chester. So uh, Chester wants to know, why does George need to study Latvian Orthodox in the bathroom? Doesn't he have his own bedroom? Yeah, but let's say he had to go to the bathroom for a while. He didn't want to not study. He's got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Also, Chester says, uh, halfway through hooking up, Jerry tells uh, Tawny that he's coming down with the flu. Shouldn't she be pissed for having just made out with him for without yeah. telling? <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that like that's way worse than the fungus, right? Yeah. Also, uh, Jer- mono. Jerry's new neighbor girlfriend sees Jerry entering his apartment late at night with a woman uh, who happens to be Elaine. Shouldn't she be a little suspicious? A little. Yeah. Also, Chester wants to know, why would George propose she has lobster when it's so expensive? He loves her so much. That's what they're trying to show, that the cheapest guy in the world is, you know, really, this is like George's baby face turn in this episode. Yeah. That he's like being a good guy for the first time ever. Okay. Um, also, Chester has a second email, has a couple, <laughs> a couple of more points. Uh, and then uh, he wants to also weigh in on the regarding my wife, seeing my friends as their doctor. Okay, we talked oh, this should about be good. This. He says, uh, my wife's father is a gynecologist. Where does gynecology rank on the hierarchy that we were talking about? The Seinfeld hierarchy. I think that, that's, that's up near the top. I, think it's, I think it's at the top. I think it's with proctology for sure. <laughs> Better or worse than proctologist? I think it's, I think it's 1A and 1B. Okay. <laughs> I feel like the gynecologist is probably has uh, worse stories for the party. Oh, no question. The proctology <laughs> guy has the best stories. Everyone knows that. So uh, my wife's father is a gynecologist. And then he, this is going to, the story takes a turn here. One spring break, <laughs> all six of her college housemates spent one night at my wife's parents' house before embarking on the cruise. That night, all five other girls sat around with my father-in-law asking detailed, specific, and personal questions and discussing their sex lives. My wife thought it would be uh, it was rather disturbing, but none of the girls seemed to mind. I see no risk in telling you the story. Because uh, I see there's being no chance those girls listen to this podcast. That's fair. That's fair. 
<laughs> taking a gamble that our female correspondent is Chester, not- you annoy me this week on the podcast. I'm going to forward this to your wife. <laughs> likewise if my friends wanted my wife to examine them i have no problem with it but i think it would be weird for that agreed so akiva you get free uh, examinations from uh you have to wife. Be, i feel like yeah he's right what does she care like she's not taking off her clothes right yeah i guess not but just know that whatever whatever she's seeing she's coming home and telling chester <laughs> well this, what about privacy act well listen there's a privacy between your husband everyone is that part of the Privacy Act? There's no. I don't think. I don't think that's in the HIPAA laws. No, no. Your 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 wife is a nurse, right? You could ask her. Like, a, I I think like you're not allowed to tell your husband, but I also think like, listen, she sees anything interesting, it's she's coming home. She's telling Chester. <laughs> what? What would be interesting? I, listen, I I don't know. <laughs> okay, He's got a big mole on his back. Or <laughs> also, uh, I want to add in that we got a uh, we we have a listener, uh, Patrick Manning in New York who uh, timed out the subway for us. Ooh, what did he say? He sent us a, a, a couple of emails over the last couple of months, and uh, he's enjoying the show. He says that 14 seconds you would have to get off the subway and get the gyro. I think that was your call, right? I said like five, six seconds, and you said 15. So yeah. you're right there. You should have bet on it. Okay. Um, so 14 seconds, uh, no time you could get the gyro. So thank you, Patrick. Good job. Good job. All right. Akiva, what's the hashtag here today? Oh, boy. I feel like we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, something about the Kavorka, something about bonkers, uh, <laughs> something about athlete's foot. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we got to go with something. What about promoting your hot take about the cake? What? Cake sucks. Cake sucks? I like cake sucks. That's fine. <laughs> it's a scorching hot take. <laughs> but don't get burned. Leave those cakes out to, <laughs> to cool off before you eat them. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, great job, Akiva, once again. You can follow Akiva on Twitter. He's at Keeve26. I am at Rob Sisternino. We'll be back next week when we'll be talking about what episode? Next week, uh, The Stall. We have Elaine, uh, you know, Can You Spare Square? We got George going rock climbing. It's a good time, had by all. Okay, well, this is very exciting. Yeah, that's a, that's a real classic. It's 1994 is right around the corner. We are mid-hammer time at this point. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're almost like mid season five yeah we're halfway through the fifth season which doesn't mean we're halfway done just because the first two seasons were so short yeah and so uh we've got a lot to do i uh, got a double episode uh coming up uh about eight weeks from now in uh the raincoats and uh there we go we may have to just i'm just putting the, the warning out there we may have to skip a week i akiva and i have not skipped a week of this podcast for uh, quite some time but my wife is also uh like uh, just past eight months pregnant. Uh, she nah, this is your second kid. We're not yeah. skipping a week. Come on. <laughs> it depends what day of the week it happens. Depends what okay. day of the week. We might, I might need to cash in a uh, a week off. Chip. You, know, you know how much work I missed when I had my third kid, Rob? How much? My wife just reminded me of it uh, for the eighth time uh, last night. An hour. An hour? <laughs> I mean, she had the kid at night. <laughs> she had the kid at night. So I wasn't going to miss any work that night. Yeah. But then the next day, I think I just missed an hour to like watch the kids or something. Well, I had a real job when I was when my uh, first kid was born, and like I had like a week off, and then I had like a week where I was working from home. But now it's like I'll have like you know depends what day of the week it is, but not much. A couple hours here and there. When we had our second kid, I was teaching at the school that year. I think I've mentioned before that like they were very late on payments, so they owed us money. So when we had a kid who was Tuesday, I called them up like, "All right, I'm out for the rest of the week." Because what were they going to do? Not pay me, even though I didn't have any paternity leave or like days off. They they couldn't do anything because they weren't going to be able to hire a new teacher with the zero dollars they were giving us at that point. Yeah. Okay. So that was an extra long break. But couldn't they not give you the money they had owed you? 
Yeah, but I, they wanted me to come back. Like, at a, you know, I came back the next week. They were just, I was in the position of power there. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Great job, Akiva. Great job to Mike Moore, who's been writing our recaps. And of course, uh, Scott St. Pierre, who is keeping these uh, supersized Seinfeld podcasts going week after week. Thank you so much, Scott. Be back next week. Have a great one, everybody. Let's go, Matt. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye.